Shout out to our radio affiliates. I am at Gabo Morenci. I think he might have just caught us in the middle of a pyramid story at the Luxor. And um, I heard Mateus um, say, yeah, not, not a fan of the Luxor, uh, Mateus, out of all places in Vegas. You know, the good thing with the Luxor is... It's old and it sucks. The thing with the Luxor is, it's bad luck. Like, more people died building the Luxor than any other place in Vegas. And they didn't listen. Like, they were told, don't do this Egyptian thing. Like, there were a couple of, there's a couple of things, and we can get into it, but there's a couple of things on the side of, like, the building and stuff. Like, they were basically told, listen, you can make a fake pyramid, no one, you know what I mean? You're not cursing anything. But they did a couple of things that, like, was wrong. <laughs> and that upset, like, the gods. And more people died. Like, people were falling off that thing all the time. And I swear to God, man, I've stayed there before. Once I was leaning on one of the railings, man, like, I nearly fell off the thing. <laughs> like, like that, that whole pyramid, it's very fragile. But what's cool about it is you can stay there for really cheap, and then you just walk through the tunnel and hang out at Mandalay Bay. So it's like you're staying at Mandalay Bay, but at the end of the night, you have to go back to your little pyramid room. You know you can see that pyramid from space? You can see that Luxor light. They have a light on top of the Luxor in Vegas. You can see it from space. In fact, here, let's go. Luxor, Las Vegas. Yeah, Luxor, Las Vegas. All right, blah, blah, blah. All right. Uh, uh, incidents. Yeah, incidents. May 2007, a vehicle exploded in a Luxor hotel parking lot due, due to a homemade pipe bomb. Yeah, that's that's an incident. I'm sure, there's been a lot of other incidences. <laughs> a lot of other incidents. All right, so we're looking on Wikipedia here right now. That's no good because they're not going to put it in Wiki. All right, let's go. Luxor, Luxor Hotel, cursed. That'll be better. It'll pop up right away, I'm sure. Luxor, uh, no, no, they're pretty good, man. They must have hired that company that we advertise about wiping out web history and bad things happening to you. <laughs> That's our hotel. Oh, cursed. Oh, it's out there. I'll find it. Uh, yeah, here we go. What's the 10 things you don't know about Luxor? Yeah, we're going to hit this on the other side. Bring it. <laughs> MGM's not a sponsor, are they? Great facility. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Oh, yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy out. The bug boy. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? But it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. 
What did I just say? Right, late night anger management class. We're just reminiscing. And um, I see Jazz is right in our chat. We had a great time. A great, great time uh, at the Luxor. Great, successful Super Bowl. Packers and uh, Steelers won a lot of money. I remember being at the windows. A great time. I think I moved to Vegas that night. I think that's the night I said, yeah, yeah, I'm not getting on the plane. It's one of those, you know, we used to always go to Vegas and do shows, Super Bowl weekend. I'm pretty sure that was the one. Because I remember, I remember everybody was stressed out. It was like, oh, the plane's leaving and, the, you know, the overnight at midnight, whatever. And I remember being at the bar and I was like, you know what? I was like, yeah, I'm not really, I, I, I don't know if it was that was the night, but I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm getting back on the plane right now. <laughs> I, I stayed and I had to go back to get some of my stuff, but... So as far as the, uh, yeah, the Luxor is concerned, and, you know, listen, guys, we're not telling you, we're not saying, um, we're not, um, we're not saying don't go there. I've stayed there. I like the place. I've had a great time at the Luxor. Like I said, Mandalay Bay, actually, and Matthias asked me who's, what's my favorite uh, casino in Vegas. Actually, you know what? Uh, Hotel, I would say Mandalay. I would say Mandalay. I've had the best times, some of the best times of my life in Mandalay. Did the show there. Like, you know, remember we stayed there. We lived there for like a month, man. We did the show out of the sports book at the studio there. Great times, great memories there. So, and like I said, Deluxer is a good cheap option because it's connected to Mandalay Bay. It's connected. So I just wanted to get into the Egyptian stuff. There's a wide variety of theories to why Deluxer has been the site of so much strife. Perhaps the horrific incidents at the Luxor, and we could go on, but I don't want to, you know, get gruesome. No small part to the Egyptian theming. The Luxor imported reproductions of ancient Egyptian artifacts from Egypt for its uh, King Tut replica display. Touting traditional craftsmanship, the methods and materials used to create the re replicas were the same as those used in ancient U Egypt. Unfortunately, this careful attention to detail and cultural importance did not extend to the rest of the property. For one common theory, the Luxor has been cursed for its inattention to ancient uh, Egyptian beliefs. The Luxor only has one sphinx. Purportedly, having two sphinxes is essential to protect the pyramid. As it's thought to be the case with the original Great Pyramid of uh, Giza, there was uh, one, only one likely other sphinx, but it was destroyed. More importantly, the shape of the pyramid is thought to inherently have mystical, property, myst uh, mystical properties that possibly even attract the dark energy. Unless an eye or the shape of one um, is one day placed at the top of the pyramid, the Luxor's pyramid will supposedly remain cursed forever. Further, guests of certain superstitious cultures have been reluctant to even enter the Luxor, doing it to be uh, modeled after a tomb, Ugh. which has brought uh, bad luck, not ideal when you're uh, seeking out a place to gamble. Uh, the most popular theory why the Luxor is possibly cursed is rooted in American history than mysticism. Uh, where the Luxor now sits was once the site of a popular burial ground for mobsters, vict mobsters' victims, as at the time it was an off-beaten path. As it is common knowledge in Las Vegas, a property built atop a graveyard, um, you know, so here we go. Like, so people got whacked on this land in the old days. You mess with the Egyptians. Can we go on here? Anybody lining up to go play a parlay there right now? You know what? And I did well there, though. I won. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. Uh, that's, uh, that's unbelievable. Like, we could go on. 
we we could go on and on, but I tell you, Matthias, that's a lot of like reasons and bad luck, isn't it? So you you mess with the Egyptian culture. You actually brought artifacts back from King Tut and put them in a casino in Vegas. You built the room like a tomb. <laughs> and oh yeah, the mob used to like bury people in the sand on top of the property that you built it on. No wonder it's a bad luck there, place, Matthias. I'll never go back. No, there now again. that I tell <laughs> that ship is sailed. I ain't get on no. See, I didn't want to do that though. Luck, sir. I. I, I didn't want to do that. I'm not trying to scare people off. Uh, like like I said, I've wanted that sports book often. Um, like people in our chatter say, Jazz says right now, there's a ton of fish in that poker room. And I swear to God, Richard Garner, who we'll see if we can get on tomorrow, later in the week, but, you know, in the next coming days, Richard Garner was with us that weekend. And I remember Garner, he did not want to leave the Luxor poker room. Like he did not want to leave it. Like, I remember I was like, bro, we got to go, the UFC. And, like, he's like, oh. He goes, all right, all right. But he goes, dude, he goes, this is the easiest poker room I've ever been in in my life. He goes, I'm winning thousands. He goes, uh, I, I, I I, can't leave. I goes, I got, I, you know, he goes, I don't even know if I can leave. He goes, I don't want to leave this. I can't leave my my table, my chair. <laughs> like, he's like, he goes, same thing. He goes, all these guys are idiots. He goes, it's just everyone's a moron. And he goes, it's free money. And, like, he was raking it in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It was the Bruce Buffer Poker Room Tournament <laughs> yeah, at the Luxor. And, like, it was, like, yeah, like, fish. Like, people were getting eaten alive. And, yeah, and, like, people knew what they were doing. So, like I said, we've had a good time at the Luxor. I just scared Matias. See, I didn't want to do that. Listen, I can tell you something about every one of these places in Vegas, all right? Every one of them. But, like I said... I'm not a fan of the whole tomb thing either. That's why I'm going to say I've never seen an Asian person at the Luxor before. <laughs> like, like Asians, man, dude, they don't even have number fours, like in elevators and stuff like that, right? Like, they don't like $50 bills. I'm assuming, like, you build a casino in Vegas, and if you, like, if you don't tailor to, like, Asian gaming superstitions you're screwed like you'll your place will be empty right so i got i'm just saying i got to imagine i wonder what like they i wonder what the baccarat crowd feels like about like gambling in a tomb <laughs> gambling uh, gambling uh, in a tomb all right um all right so there was a, uh, there's all kinds of incidences, but there was all, you know, there's incidences everywhere. <laughs> there's, I love the history of Vegas. I got this, the, we just got these facts from uh, VegasGhost.com. VegasGhost.com. So you know it all must be true. You know it all must be true, but Vegas is like a, such a historical city. Like I live there and it's pretty crazy. Like you're standing there. And, like, then you realize, you're like, oh, man, this is where they blew up Robert De Niro in Casino, right? And everywhere you go, there's a lot of that. Like, this guy got whacked here. Like, guys, Circus Circus is, like, a big family place, right? And, you know, whatever, with the clowns and everything and the amusement park and stuff. But that, you know, Circus Circus actually was run by the Joe Pesci character. Um, the, Joe, the Joe Pesci character in the movie Casino, and he was ruthless, right? So Circus Circus used to be a hardcore place. 
that a lot of crazy things have happened in that parking lot. All right? A lot of people haven't gone home. We'll put it that way. You know, they went in, but their car was still in the parking lot after Mateus, if you know what I'm saying. All right? Like, um, that's that's how you can tell if someone disappears or not. <laughs> Sounds like circus, circus. outside. Of, yeah, outside of any casino, that's how you know what happened. You know, well, I don't know. Their car's here, but they're not here. Yeah, I love the uh, love love the history. We've been in a big history course uh, here tonight. Our 19th anniversary show, but a little history as far as the coldest games ever uh, are concerned. And now a little history about uh, about Vegas. I got to tell you, all this Vegas talk has me miss, missing Vegas. Has me missing Vegas. If we weren't in the middle of the, the the world's biggest ever like pandemic, you know, maybe we'd go set up shop in Vegas. I even thought about it like last night. It crossed my mind. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Maybe I'll just, I'll just go to Vegas. Like, maybe one of these playoff games or something. Shake things up a little bit. Then I realized, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of quarantining. It's a lot of vaccinations. And I don't have that COVID passport yet. <laughs> Bring it. Relax. You don't have to actually play these sports. Just know about them. Keep it here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. Never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gable Morenci. We're talking football with one of my favorite uh, football analysts. I've always enjoyed uh, talking to him. We don't do it enough, and I've always enjoyed listening to him on uh, shows over the years. We don't have enough time to tell you about all of his credentials, uh, but we can tell you he's over at WWLA, AM, FM, of course, the SaintsReport.com, ESPN, HTV10, Saints Network, Sports Illustrated, the one and only Mike Dettelier steps up in and joins us. Michael, Happy New Year. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Happy New Year. Pleasure to be on with you. All right, listen, there's a lot of stuff I want to throw at you, so we're going to get right down to business before we get into the New Orleans Saints. Uh, are you buying this Urban Meyer to the NFL talk, or is this just uh, Urban? Or, you know, we all know Urban likes to keep his name out there. He's a great negotiator. And whenever there's a big job, Urban's name comes up. But is there really something to this, uh, Mike? Do you think Urban Meyer will be the coach of Jacksonville? I think there's something to it. If he takes it or not is the big question, Mark. But I think there's tremendous interest in Urban. Uh, uh, Urban in his job, I should say. Um uh, Man, you got some young tools there. The first pick in the draft, a tremendous amount of free agent money. Man, Urban can recruit, and he knows, you know, over the next couple of years who's coming out, who can play, and who can't. I, I think there's something to this. Now, can Mr. Khan came up with the right money and, and the right setup is another story because I've had people – that I know pretty well that have worked in Jacksonville that say that, you know, he is uh, not to say a meddlesome owner, but he's always got his nose stuck in there. 
So you can put that where you want. Uh, so that'll be interesting because I think if Urban comes back, I think he wants full control. And we just heard the owner of Jacksonville Jaguars say he will have last say uh, on certain things. So uh, I think they're going to have to work that out. But, but I don't have any doubt that Urban Meyer is certainly looking strongly at that Jacksonville Jaguar job. Would it be crazy to say, uh, Mike, that if if he did take this job, that he wouldn't take Trevor Lawrence first overall, that he would go with Justin Fields? Is that crazy talk? No, I think he's going with Trevor Lawrence. I think he sort of made that um, pretty well known that that's what he would he would go in that particular spot. Uh, they need somebody to sell that franchise in Jacksonville. I've always felt that eventually uh, that that ja- that Jacksonville team will be playing in London in five years. I still believe that. Uh, they have a stadium. They have the setup there. Now the NFL will just have to come up with the logistics of how to do it. But I think that um, if Urban is there and they they got the top pick, he would pick Trevor Lawrence. You know, I never thought I'd be talking wrestling with you, but one thing I will say about the cons, they've started a wrestling company and it's been very successful. It's been very successful, actually. Like, they've they've really shooken things up and become competitors uh, with Vince McMahon, uh, but I think they do a better job running the wrestling company than they do the football team. <laughs> so, Well, there ain't no question about that. And, uh, you, know, you know, years ago, Vince had the stars. You know, he had – come on. Anybody could have run that. You know, if you had Hogan and Bret Hart and oh, Stone yeah. Cold, you know, <laughs> you can kind of go on and on and on. The Rock, hey, listen, that was an easy sell. But when he didn't have those stars, what happened? And then it became you coming up with ideas, and that's where he sort of dropped the ball. And he's put people in place that shouldn't be uh, booking shows and, and hooking up uh, sort of entrances on exactly kind of storylines that should that, pe- that used to get people's interest. Yeah, too much, uh, too much sizzle, not enough steak. Mike Dettelier uh, kicking it with us. So, Mike, uh, before we get into the National Football League and the Saints uh, situation, um, what do you think about the national championship game with Ohio State? and uh, Alabama. How do you think the Buckeyes uh, match up uh, with uh, the Crimson Tide, who a lot of SEC coaches said this year, you know what? This is the best and uh, toughest Alabama team that we've ever uh, had to play against. Man, are they deep. Man, are they talented. But Ohio State are stacked with NFL talent as well, Mike. Yeah. uh, You know, covering LSU last year, I, I didn't think I'd see an offense like that again. It didn't even take me a year, and I saw it again. Uh, so, um, you know, they, they have just rolled tied over everybody. And, and you like to get pushed a little bit when you're that talented. And they got pushed a little bit a couple of weeks back uh, by Florida. Uh, but their defense is not a great defense. It's not what we've seen maybe five or six years ago. But their offense is like offensive tsunami. I mean, they hit you every which way but loose. And... Um, Ohio State's weakness to me is in the secondary. Okay, so that's your weak link in the chain, and you're going up against, you know, Mack and throwing the football to the receivers they have, and Devontae's been unbelievable. Man, I covered him since he was a 15-year-old out here in a meet Louisiana, so I know how good of a player he is. Um, I think the big key is 
can Ohio State put pressure on Mac Jones? Uh, because that, that, to me, if they get any, it's got to come from the edge. Uh, Ohio State, um, he, he, I think they're going to try to attack where Alabama's former starting center, Landon Dickerson, was, and I think it's a real good one. And, and he goes down to the knee injury. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to come right up the middle and, and go after Mac. And I think that that's going to be the intrigue. I think it will be a high-scoring game. I think it will be fairly close for three quarters. And I think uh, Alabama pulls away late and wins it. Uh, Mike, i got to ask you. So you said you've been covering uh, Devontae for, for as long as you have. What differentiates him uh, from all the other great Alabama wide receivers? As You know, I, when I looked at, you know, you think of the lineage of great Bama receivers in, you know, in the modern era, all very physical. Right, all ripped, you know, physical, fast. Uh, Smith is a little bit different, isn't he? Um, I, you know, when I look at him, I just sort of see slick, and it's a small thing, but it was against, um, it, you know, it was against Notre Dame, and he made the catch, and he got two feet in, and it was just sort of instinctive, like split millisecond instinct type thing. That yeah, I only need one, but I've been taught, and I'm I'm ready to do two. <laughs> And I just saw, like, the slickness in his game. What do you talk to me about him from, like, a scouting uh, perspective? Like, what makes him so good? Tell you a quick story. Uh, we kind of the haven uh, for summer camps here in Louisiana. We have the Manning camp. You know, we got 12, 1,300 <laughs> uh, quarterbacks and receivers across the, the world. Uh, Louisiana line camp, the biggest line camp in the country, 600 kids. Uh, pro football combine, I think we got 450 uh, in 2019, and we have the pitch and catch camp. He came to that, and uh, it was the same year. He was a junior, well, entering his junior year. Him, Jamar Chase, who was at LSU, who I think will be the first wide receiver off the board. Terrace Marshall, who I think will be a first-round pick from LSU. And Racing McMath, who's, who didn't turn into a great receiver there, had been a tremendous special teams player at LSU. And it was th those four. So I'm standing next to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. And Jarvis Landry's watching, and they were one behind the other behind the other. And the fourth one to come up to bat, so to speak, and catching was Devontae. And he made a couple catches. And Jarvis turned to him, and he was like, hey, God, all I got to tell you is I'm taking them full. The other 150 dudes, uh, they can go play somewhere else. <laughs> it was like, man, you could see it. And he's such a great route runner. He's got tremendous eye-hand coordination. He can contort his body to make a difficult catch. He understands when a quarterback's in trouble to come back to the quarterback. And a lot of receivers don't get that, but he does it. He barely says anything. You know, I, I, I'm doing an interview with him, and you almost got to drag the words out of him. But he was so respectful, and that's why I, I look at it, you know, the great job mom and dad did with him. And he was, yes, sir, no, sir. Man, I, I've been watching you on television, seeing you on radio. Man, I, I, I think, that, you know, just he was very respectful to everybody there, every counselor, every other player trying to help them to get better. And I can see why he is who he is now. He is athletically arrogant. He doesn't think anybody's better than him. But, and he proves it every time he hits the field. But he's sort of built like a guy I saw 
in high school. He went to John Everett High School, not far from where I live. He ended up signing with Miami of Florida, and he's up for the NFL Hall of Fame this year, Reggie Wayne. Reggie was built just like him coming out of high school and was similar coming out of Miami of Florida. Sort of a very lean guy. Oh, man, he ain't going to make it in this league. He's too skinny. All I know is, man, Reggie Wayne put up some unbelievable numbers. But that's who he reminds me of because he has similar traits to Reggie in his ability to kind of trick you into getting a little bit more opening, great hands, route running skills. And you say, oh, he ain't that fast until he catches it and you try to catch him. No, I don't want Devontae to be uh, the anchor of my 4 by 400 meter relay team, but he's every bit as fast with a helmet and shoulder pads on as he is without it. And I've seen guys that as soon as they yeah. put that helmet and then pad, they're not the same cat. They can't run as fast. He is a tremendous football player, but he is just so humble. Uh, grew up in a little small town, appreciates everything in life, and everything is yes, sir, no, sir. You're never going to hear about him getting any kind of trouble. It, just an amazing young man. But if you met him on the street, you wouldn't think that guy has yeah. been the most dominant player in college football. But he is. He has been. That guy set all kinds of records at Alabama. And it's, I remember what Michael Irvin said. They said, Mike, you know, you're not that fast. He goes, yeah, but I'm football fast. Uh, more with Mike Dettelier on the other side. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Football, the goal line. Baseball, home plate. Basketball, the net. Sports talk right here. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Race Late Night continues. I am Gable Morenci, and man, what a treat and uh, pleasure to be talking football with Mike Dettelier, football encyclopedia. There's so much that we want to throw at him. But all right, so let's just wrap up the national championship game and let's get into the National Football League. What do you think happens in the title game uh, here, Mike, uh, on Monday night? If we still play it on Monday night. There's a lot of ifs in 2020, 2021, as you know. <laughs> I, I think it'll be a 43-33 game. Alabama wins it, and they pull away in the fourth quarter. All right, man, that's uh, very distinctive. And as you stated, Florida gave them all that they can handle. Uh, but it was sort of, you know, always a step back or two, right? But, you know, it's like, man, if we come up with another play, you need one more play. I think Ohio State can present some of the similar challenges. It's going to be a lot of fun. So speaking of a lot of fun, how about this, man? Super wild card weekend. We've got six games, and they all have interesting storylines. Uh, I think you can make a case for every football team in one way or another, but let's start off in the bayou here. And so let me just ask you, Mike. So Sean Payton wanted to quarantine 50,000 fans, and he said, yeah, we'll just put them in a hotel. 
Man, you guys got some big hotels down there. <laughs> We're going to have to rent out plenty of Lowe's and Hilton's uh, <laughs> to put 50,000 people in. But that's Sean being Sean. You know, I think one of the things, Sean uh, told us this, even before training camp started, he said, you know, we're going to have to go to a mini bubble. We're going to have to do just like yeah. the NBA once playoffs hit. But he says, you know, I don't I don't know that the NFL will allow it. You know, my thing is, why not? And he said, well, you know, there's some negotiations that got to be done with the NFL PA. And he says, come on, it's all a bargaining chip both ways. But he said, you know, for us to make sure, or at least to give us the best chance, let's have that situation where we're in this mini bubble. And he is even talking about doing this, but voluntarily, which he can't force them to do. Exactly. But uh, I know the difference between, you know, when a coach tells you uh, voluntary, what that means. He really wants you to do it. So uh, it'll be interesting. But that's just Sean kind of needling the NFL like he normally does and feeling as though that, you know, the powers to be uh, just really haven't taken this serious at all. And, and I think he's absolutely right that once you get to this point, why wouldn't you do that for, you know, your 53-man roster or whatever, your entire squad? Why wouldn't you let them quarantine at a hotel by themselves? The 50000 is just, like I say, his little poke um, at the commissioner, and we all know that that hasn't been a good relationship. Mike Dettelier with us. So, as, and you're exactly right, and it's something that I'd be concerned of, uh, actually. It's real. I mean, the Saints do seem to get screwed over a lot uh, by the referees. Um, there's been some massive calls against them uh, in the postseason. So let's talk about uh, Alvin Kamara uh, right now. There's been a lot of question marks about Alvin Kamara, a lot of question marks about uh, about William, about um, uh, about the situation. So and Michael Thomas as well. So talk to me about Kamara uh, right now. What are you expecting? Uh, how is this going to play out this weekend? If he doesn't, if he's asystematic, which he has been so far, and this goes to Sunday, he's going to play Sunday. Um, Sean has always said it depends on the intelligence of a player. And the first thing when he talks about Alvin Kamara is how smart he is. That's the first thing that comes out of his mouth. He doesn't talk about how quick he is, how fast, his vision, his ability to make people miss. He always talks about he's one of the smartest guys I've ever coached. So, you know, and um, – Ricky Jackson had this line years ago, and I always use it. You know, Ricky missed uh, some practice time one time. He's like, man, practice is for the unskilled. <laughs> and so uh, I got what Ricky was saying. Um, so I, I think Alvin plays Sunday, and it's, it's been a big part of the, the attack for the Saints, which has been different. This team has always been known high risk, high reward, and a lot of passing. Because of Drew Brees. And, you know, and listen, if I'm in Sean's spot, I, you know, I kind of fall into that too. But this year they've averaged over 140 yards rushing a game, the most ever in the Sean Payton time frame here. But what really is the telling point, they've thrown 522 passes. They've rushed the ball 494. That's, the clo that's about as close to 50-50 as you're going to get, especially with Payton, the way he uses that short pass like an extended handoff. So I do think it's intriguing how this team this year is different from the Super Bowl winning team of 09 because that team was built around Drew Brees, throwing the football, getting turnovers. This team is different. 
It's a lot better defensively than that 0-9 team. They run the ball better. They're not as explosive throwing the football as that 0-9 team, certainly Andrew in his prime. But they're better on special teams. And here's the craziest stat. They're averaging 30 points a game, scoring. They've only played 10 quarters with Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas on the field at the same time. 10 quarters. Yeah, remarkable to watch. Isn't it crazy, Mike, that we're in the modern NFL now? Every year we set scoring records. I mean, last week I think there was 96 touchdowns, like a new record. And you have Sean Payton, who's known as being an offensive genius. You have Sean McVay, who also known being sort of an offensive guru. And here are these guys, like the Rams run the ball all the time now, too. And here are the Saints playing smell. Well, everybody else, like Sean used to be the hey, let's do this and that, and let's be crazy on offense. And now everybody else is, and the New Orleans Saints are winning games playing smash mouth football. The Saints, when they rush the football 30 times or more in Sean Payton's time frame, they 85 wins, four losses. Now, he always befools that with me. Ah, come on, come on, come on. That just means we got to run the football 30 times. I said, Coach, that's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that your commitment to the run is stronger today than it was back in 09, 10, 11. Now, he never answers that question, so I think he actually knows that it's true. He's got more of a commitment to the running game, and um, this was two years ago. At the Louisiana line camp, Brian Flores, who at that time was, I guess, the uh, quasi-defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. Man, you know, when you get 35, 40 coaches, man, you know, a lot of testosterone rolling around the room. And everybody knows better than everybody else, and they're all talking about how to stop the pass. And Brian Flores stood up on a chair and he said, I'm going to tell all you know it all something. You know what's happening in this league, and y'all better get accustomed to storing to stop it. He said, you know, we're getting smaller on defense. We play nickel with 75% of the time. We play dime 60, 63% of the time. So he said, while we get smaller, you know what the offense is going to do? They're going to play big boy football with us. They're going to line up all them big linemen with a big running back and just pound away at us. So I'm taking out that 230-pound linebacker to put in the 200-pound safety. Come on, law of physics says we're going to get beat. And you know what? Two years later, Flores is dead right about how that part of the game has changed. Okay, we're going to go smaller to match up. But when you do that, you've got teams like Tennessee, the Rams, the Saints, who are running the football, even Kansas City. Uh, you know, Mahomes is unbelievable. He's the best talent in the game. So they use a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and they sign Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. So that goes to show you, even Andy's figured it out, too. It's a subtle part of the game that has changed. And I think a big part of winning football where it's old school. Run the football, stop the run. Now, you're going to have to be able to put – you're going to have to throw the football at some point. And obviously, Michael Thomas is such a massive part of this. It's been an interesting year, hasn't it? Um, you know, there was the injuries, then some people questioned whether, you know, was he not playing? Was he, you know, he was hurt, then he was okay to play. There was the incidents, there was the disciplinary stuff, and then people thought, well, is he really hurt, or are they going to trade him, or what's going on? And now here we are, here in the playoffs, practicing limited availability. What do you expect to see from Michael Thomas in the playoffs? 
full availability, and I think he's the biggest key for the Saints if they get to Super Bowl Sunday. Every team has a go-to guy in the passing game. If you look at Kansas City, Mahomes down this situation, who does he look for? Travis Kelsey. You look at Aaron Rodgers, who does he look for? It's Devontae Adams. Uh, for Drew, no question, it's Michael Thomas, because even when he's covered, he's open. And I think he's a yeah. big part of it. Uh, he had a uh, he got rolled up in game one against the Bucks. Yeah. And he missed some time, and he came back, and he got into a John session with Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He found out, man, you got to know who you got to pick on, you know, because you know Chauncey, you know, this ain't his first fight in the ring. Uh, you know, I don't know how many of Mike's had, but I know Chauncey's. You know, he's an instigator. And then he comes back, but then he has the uh, the calf injury, and I've seen it. Okay, you get a right ankle sprain, and then a left calf pull, and then the right ankle can all blew up on him one day. And so they sat him down for three weeks. He is the biggest key to their success in January because I think he's the guy Drew Brees trusts the most, and he can keep the chains moving and keep that other offense watching. And I do believe uh, that uh, he's going to be ready to roll. Sean's never going to say it. He don't say nothing about an injury. I mean, you know, it, that, you know, even if it's Sunday, he's like, ah, I, yeah, he, he'll probably play. And, you know, and two minutes later, he's out on the field. So you got to understand coaches, um, and they don't have to tell us. You know, I get it. But uh, I think Thomas is the biggest key piece of the puzzle for this team to get to Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Mike Dettelier with us. Mike, we got about uh, two minutes uh, here. So one thing, and we've talked about it throughout the week, the last two teams to have losing records to make the playoffs uh, won. The, the seven-win teams actually won uh, their wild-card game. Incidentally, the last five teams to get in the playoffs with an 8-8 eight and eight record are 4-1. and one. There's something to it. And as far as the Bears' perspective, hey, these guys are playing with house money, Mike. Same with Washington. They're playing with house money. Hey, we lose, fine. No one thought we were going to win. Hell, no one thought we were going to be here. Uh, Tampa lose, hey, a lot of pressure on you, Brady. A lot of pressure on Aarons. You guys spent a lot of money. And same thing. And what are your thoughts on the Bears as an opponent? We've got about two minutes, a minute and a half here, Mike, as they come in here playing with house money. You know what? If they were healthy, I might buy that. But they're not going to have their best defensive player in Roquan Smith. Um, they, he didn't even go through the walkthrough today. And Darnell Mooney was a guy I saw four years at Tulane. <laughs> Talk about a real thin dude. He is real thin. But he has been a really good football player for him. They won't play. So, man, they are really limited offensively. I think the big key is Saints stop the run and say, Mitchell Trubisky, if you're going to beat us passing, do it. But we're not going to let you run the football. And the Saints have been through some disappointing losses. This is a veteran group has been through this. And they do not want to see this season end with Mitchell Trubisky being the guy to be the last quarterback to beat Drew Brees. I, I think the Saints win, and I think they cover. Now, the Redskins, they're going to put a uh, – well, I should say Washington. Um, they're going to put you – know, we all make that, that yeah, slip up. But happens. I, um, I want to see how the two tackles for Tampa can protect Brady. Donovan Smith, he's like a turnstile. And if Chase Young is lined up on him, he's going to beat him like a drum. And Brady can't get out of the way. He's a box quarterback today. 
I think that becomes a really tough football game. for. And you know what? Bruce Arians is hard-headed. He refuses yeah. to run the football. And so if you're going to say, okay, Tom, you got to throw the football 45 times to win this game, you better protect him. I'm not sure – how well they can protect him. I think the Bucks win, but I think it is razor tight in that football game um, just because they can get pressure. Said the same thing. Mike Detailier, Mike, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. We could talk football all night with you, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Take care. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the Internet. Technology Grand. Keep it here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As you continue listening to Sports Grid, ask yourself, and be honest, am I listening enough? Probably not. 16 hours a day. That's all we ask. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, thanks to the Raging Redhead Cat Stewart, Ian Cameron, and Mike Dettelier. Great lineup uh, tonight. Tomorrow night, we launch on Sirius XM, and in fact, we'll be on at 6 o'clock Eastern. Um, Scott Wetzel will be the first one up live um, this morning, and uh, we'll be uh, closing up a shop uh, tomorrow night. Teddy covers. Teddy. Teddy's on the radar for tomorrow night. Should look for, I look forward to Teddy's takes uh, on these uh, football games. Drew Martin uh, will step up and in as well. We'll talk about the, um, the college football championship game. Drew Martin, of course, um, uh, this guy's a college football encyclopedia. Mike Dettelier, man, and just a football overall encyclopedia. We'll definitely get Mike on again uh, in the future. The Mike Dettelier uh, draft report is a big deal. Um, as you can tell, this guy's seen everybody play in high school, and um, he's like the king of football in Louisiana. Bradley Beal dropped a 60 uh, tonight. Crazy-ass, like, uh, game, man. Like, there was, like, Literally, there was 200 and, um, 277 points scored. They didn't even go to overtime. 141 to 136, Philadelphia and Washington. Uh, the Toronto Raptors' struggles continue, and we wondered about that number. I don't like doing it, and I got to be honest with you. As a, a diehard Toronto Raptor fan, what I did is I took the Phoenix Suns tonight, but I didn't watch the game. <laughs> I can't watch it. Like I can't like watch and root against them. So I'll just bet against them, and whatever happens, happens after the fact. But I'm not, I can't, like, actively watch and, like, want them to lose. So, you know, I sort of checked in. I looked. I'm like, oh, yeah, I see they're, they're, they're down. Uh, Siakam did score 32 points. Listen, there will be a buy sign on the, on the Raptors, and it's going to come soon. They didn't suck. They didn't suck. Their bench blows, though. Like, all their starters actually did play well, and they still lost. So, it's a little bit of a problem. But the thing is, too, they don't have any, like, homestand to save their ass. Like, their homestand is going back to Tampa where people cheer for the visiting team. For the record, I put my first NFL playoff bet in. Took the Los Angeles Clippers on the money line, parlayed with the Buffalo Bills on the money line. First of many plays on the Buffalo Bills. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. 
Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports Grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.